Hey team, Josh here, joining you from home uh, for uh, an edition of the Think Space podcast. I know it's not something we're usually doing, but obviously drastic times call for drastic measures. And, and luckily we have a, a studio that can facilitate this. So I know the world is hurting right now. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, um, a lot of confusion, a lot of fear. Um, we wanted to bring an angle of hope uh, specifically as it pertains to creatives and what we can do in this environment. How do creatives strive in the COVID-19 era um, that is this month, maybe next month and the month after that? We have no idea. Obviously, the numbers are exponential. And as creatives, we're looking around saying, how do I make a living? I just got laid off. What are the government subsidies? How do I do this? Um, so who better to talk to than creative Mark Milburn, someone who's been on the podcast before and someone who we respect in the space and had a lot of great angles to bring. So here's a short episode for you and all creatives. I know you'll get a ton out of this. Thank you. Mark, what's happening, man? Welcome back on the podcast. It's been far too long. Uh, listeners know we'll, we threw this all the way back to episode 20. Um, we had to get you back on uh, as amongst these weird and turbulent and scary times dealing with something the world hasn't dealt with in a long time. I wanted to get you on to talk specifically to our creative demographic, our creatives out there that are really worried about what's going on in, in terms of the workforce, what's going on in terms of their jobs and their careers and their creative houses and their agencies. And I thought, who better to talk to uh, than Mark Milburn? So how are you, first and foremost? Um, <clears throat> I'm doing good, man. I mean, it's, like you said, turbulent times. What I think we're really lucky with as a company is that we're positioned kind of like yourselves in different industries. So it's interesting to see which industries are prospering from this and which industries are struggling from this. Obviously, the creative industries right now are very spread. Like there's a quick divide on who's actually still working and who isn't. Mm -hmm. So what what is the difference between everyone that is now looking at, the, looking at themselves and saying, geez, I'm out of a job and people that are looking at this as an opportunity and something to jump on? I think the big difference is it, the landscape of how we were doing things has changed completely. So we were just, everything was on a rise uphill. Everybody was jumping on every opportunity. People were willing to spend money because they could literally connect where they were spending their money with their ROI. It was like spend, receive, spend, receive. And now we're actually having to invest in our future clients or our future customer that we don't yet have. So it's something that is really different for companies to think about. You're not going to get that direct ROI today. It might be two months. It might be six months. It might be a year down the road. But any of the work that you're doing right now creatively is really creating a new audience for you. That, again, an audience you don't know you don't have that you will have in the future. So as an agency or as an independent contractor or someone who works um, yeah. you know, as their own, how are you then having those conversations with your clients and conditioning them in that way? Or how are you, you know, let's play a hypothetical. Um, you have a contract coming down the road. You have a creative project that you're doing out, a commercial, a shoot, or whatever it may be. And the company goes, ah, well, we're not going to have any market for the next quarter. So we want to pull back on this. How are you, how do you think creatives should be having these conversations with their clients or agencies with their clients at this point that when they would just want to pull out? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I mean, people are pulling out for different reasons. So I mean, the first thing is to identify and have that conversation. Why are you pulling out? And it seems like a stupid question to have, but the reason you're, you know, some people are pulling out is because they don't think that they can pay their employees. 
first and foremost, companies are going to put their employees before they put external companies. We know that. If you are an external company that's hired on for a company, chances are you're going to get cut. Mm. The, the difference is, is that if you are a creative working for a company, you're the kind of what I'm telling everybody is like your rate that you're charging three weeks ago is not your new rate going forward. Mm -hmm. Your new rate going forward is delayed till the day that they can pay you back. And so mm -hmm. you're going to take investment in the company and investment in their initiatives in a really different way. So mm -hmm. you're now able to kind of become owners of projects in an ROI. So mm -hmm. what I mean is I'll give you creative services today because I'm sitting at home doing nothing. You need creative services, but don't have the money to do it. Why don't we create a deal that in the future, so I'll work on this now, in the future, based off the return on investment, so say you sell a certain amount of project or a certain amount of items, I'll make my money back then. So it's a very different way to structure the industry we do. Like right now, most of us get our deposits, do the work, deliver the item, get our money. Yeah. Now you're going to deliver the work on the risk that you're going to take the upside, but now you're taking ownership of the upside as well. So mm -hmm. you could make more. It's just, you don't know yet. So you take on the inherent upside. You also take on the inherent downside. Um, you're sharing you know, the downside. We're all sharing, sharing, the, sharing downside. the downside. Right. If I'm a creative, I'm coming back with that and I'm saying, well, you know, I'd almost prefer to take 25 cents on the dollar. 30 cents on the dollar now. Do you think those creatives are selling themselves short on those projects? Or how do you feel about that? I, I don't think anybody's selling themselves short. I mean, first and foremost, people need to be working because it's out of chaos that we create new. Mm. So it's every business right now, the landscape is going to change 100%. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's how you're going to position yourself for your future client. So as a creative, who is your future client? How are you positioning yourself for them? Mm. So Let's talk about that. Let's work for 20 cents on the dollar right now. If you are a creative and you want to be making content for big automotive companies, they're struggling right now. Right. But you're now able to create really unique pieces to position yourself for them that um, before they wouldn't even look at you. Mm -hmm. And so it's those who are the most creative um, at storytelling right now that are going to be able to finally get noticed and springboard themselves. I kind of call this period, like, let's go back to school period. Like, <laughs> but the difference is you're not getting credits from it. You're going to learn how to adapt to a scenario. You're going to be able to create projects for yourself. And then you're going to be able to put them out to the world that people will actually see because people are captive. So if you do make any noise, it will be heard now because people will be truly listening. Mm. Do you think this is an opportunity for smaller houses or smaller independent creatives? Um, and I'm talking copywriters, I'm talking photographers, videographers, yeah. graphic designers, broad, broad stroke here. Anyone that works in that economy to strike a little bit above their weight class and, to, and what they might typically do. Like, you know, I know there's a lot of production houses, you know, here in Vancouver and other cities as well. They're just shutting down. And on the other side of the coin, you have these, you know, typically younger, hungrier don't have the savings and, and the, the fail safe that these other companies have and are really needing to put their nose to the grindstone and maybe can punch up to those companies they wouldn't typically work with. Dude, 100%. I mean, all the major production companies are currently shut down, which means that the best directors, the best producers, the best um, camera techs, the best DPs are technically all available for a conversation. Mm -hmm. So if you, they're not busy on set 12 hours a day, 18 hours a day working on a CW show, they're now sitting at home and they're also looking 
to figure out how do they progress their careers in a time when their careers are truly stagnant. So yeah, you can punch above your weight class because now you could say, I'm going to give you an example. Let's talk about the car industry. Okay. Right now you're probably seeing advertisements for cars where people are in their car and they're leaving and they're driving and it's a really nice car. And then they're going for dinner and there's like eight people in a confined car and then going to a restaurant full of people. That's probably not happening anywhere in the world right now. Right. So, so are you relating with that, that commercial? Not at all. But do you know what you could do? You could pay a creator a thousand bucks and say, go create a commercial of you and whoever you're in quarantine with and go camping for the night by yourself and socially isolate yourself and tell me a story about how, like create the content, shoot it and um, go out and have an adventure in your car and then upload it to editors, which are completely available for work right now and have them edit it together and create a commercial for us. The Mm. social landscape, you've got more people on social media at this point in time than ever before. You also have businesses more than ever that need social media to work for them And lots of companies weren't set up to have strong social media presences. So if you're a creative, drop your ego, drop your perceived value from a financial perspective, find those businesses that truly need the help to get ahead, to get socially caught up, to get e-commerce caught up, and you can help them. And you're going to build a gigantic portfolio right now that will set you up for when it comes back up. So what you're saying is buy equity in the market while it's down, while it's cheap, while you have access, because typically you don't have access. And now guess what? You can buy equity in these other companies for 10 cents on the dollar. And yes, that's you are going to get paid less for that, but the upside is far more. 100%. It's, it's, it's like I said, it's going back to school. You don't get paid to go to school. You right. pay to go to school. But right now you have the opportunity to build relationships, build a portfolio, and connect with new businesses you'd never be able to connect with. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, so what, what's the angle? What's the angle for the independent guy that's like, okay, I just had three contracts go out the door. Now I'm looking around. My current leads are dried up. Everyone's close on their money. How am I going to go out there and cold call, cold email, cold network? What's the angle for me to go out and try to create projects for me? Great question. I think the first thing to do is look at recessive history. So look Mm. at any times that we've been in recessive times like this. Obviously, this is very unique, but look at at historical comparisons and look at the industries that thrived. And um, (laughs) obviously, approach the ones that are thriving and offer your services at a cheaper rate or to try try and get in the door. So like that's just the low-hanging fruit one. the cold call aspect isn't going to work. Hey, I'm Susan. I'm a photographer. I can help you. You need to be the ones now leading the way. You need right. to be the ones telling people, this is my idea. This is how I can execute it. And this is how I think it'll help your business. In exchange, I would like a little bit of X or a little bit of Y. And I mean, an example, restaurants right now cannot have people sit in their restaurant, but they still can at the moment do takeout. You think that if people are currently living in fear, on a social media perspective, you'd want to kind of showcase how your restaurant is doing stuff to a clean standard. So what would be really great is to have little video or little photo excerpts of how your company is adapting instead of just writing a stupid email that says, due to unfortunate circumstances, (laughs) I am closing my doors and it was a hard decision. Why don't you instead partner with somebody, make sure they're clean and they come in with their gloves and their masks and everything and do a little biopic on how your company is adjusting. And every time you put out photos of your food and takeaway, somebody's wearing gloves. 
There's a right. photo of that being delivered. You're changing the perception of it, but you got to make people feel safe. Mm. So again, creatives have to bring the ideas. This is, I want to hit on this because I think this is the most important part. You get this because you work in investment. Kevin gets it because he works in business. I get it because I've had businesses. This is the number one time in history for a creative. You need to start learning about business. Right. You can't just rely on being a creative. You need to be a, a business person that is creative. Mm. And you can't just say, I'm a photographer. You have to say, I'm a businessman who knows how to operate a camera and make money doing it. Right. That right. has to shift. We became so segregated into those silos of experts in those silos, but we forgot the underlying fact of like business is still learning how to operate a business and how to do contracts and how to think in the future. You know, it's really interesting. I was thinking about businesses, um, you know, a year ago or even six months ago and looking, looking at companies' payrolls or looking at whatever it may be and just going, if there's a downturn, we're losing 90% of these people. We're not operating lean at all. And there's, we have this um, in the broader, you know, down in the Valley in San Francisco, there's this kind of growth mindset where it's like, you don't even need to have profits. You just need to have year over year growth. You need to have revenue growth. Oh, you're profitable in 2026. That's great. Um, you know, and continuing to do that. And now all of a sudden that we've done that, we've been conditioned for that because we've had this 10 year plus run, which has just been astounding. However, now we're in a situation where, okay, everyone, okay, everyone's out the door. If you weren't absolutely vital, you need to have money to stay alive now. And all of a sudden we're in this ecosystem that things aren't given. And so I'm looking around at these companies six months ago or, or creative houses in town or, or, you know, your establishment, our establishment and going, all right, if shit hits the fan tomorrow, what do we have to change? And then making those changes now. Yeah. So that's interesting in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe it's a little bit of a different story. And I know you understand this because your, your business works on these principles, right? You're, you, again, worry about what are the necessities? Who are the people that you truly, truly need? How do you have a lean team that's versatile? These types of things that you know, are paying dividends for you now. However, let's flip the paradigm on that a little bit. We look at it now, everyone's going to have these lean teams. So now how do I scale up over the past or over the, the next year, two years, so I don't end up in the same position again, so I can actually, I'll cannibalize my business a little bit now, but I want to be four times as strong going forward. How do I build that team, build the client base that isn't going to end up in this position again? Because guess what? The last month hurt. <laughs> a great question. I mean, let's look at how people structure their businesses and start with that. You can either have lots of employees making you little margins, <laughs> or you yep. can have less people making you bigger margins, but it's rare where you have lots of people making you big margins. <laughs> right. And um, I think that's something that's kind of interesting in the creative world. The goal is always to have less clients paying you more money. <laughs> this is that opportunity. Find those five that you want to make your future clients who you think can make, take the test of time, but do need a little bit of help right now and build that yeah. foundation because in a year or two years time, six months, who knows really, but in the future, those could be your five nest eggs that if you help position them, they can go up. Mm. And, um, with regards to scaling your own team, I mean, collaboration is key right now. I'm going to give you an example. This is a project I'm working on and I don't know how it's going to work, <laughs> but I have an idea. <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> it's called we eat together. Okay. So right. I want to figure out a way to help small businesses that are restaurants. Now I'm not a coder, but I don't think this will be that challenging. 
starts off and it's three simple steps. One, you schedule a dinner with your friends. Say it's eight people, but we're all separate right now. Step two is find a local participating restaurant that can do takeout food to go on one menu. So it's one menu. You say, oh, I'm going to go with meat. Okay, great. We'll do meat. There's the meal that they make you. And it gets delivered to you guys at 8 p.m. for your dinner party. And then you go online and you have a dinner Skype. Yeah. So we're able to support different restaurants in different areas because in say one night, it's meat night. They could do a hundred orders and make enough money if their team's able to do the food and execute it properly. Mm. And we're still sticking in the socially distancing and everything we're supposed to do. Mm. So it's just taking Uber Eats and it's taking a scheduling software and it's taking a Skype or a Zoom and blending the three together. And the thing is those softwares exist. So yeah. it's just figuring out how do you make it so that they can all connect. How do you integrate them? Yeah. But if you can think about that, if you have to close your doors for five to seven days a week, theoretically, but one day you can make the cash flow to pay your rent for the month, that's all you need to do right now. Mm -hmm. You just need to cover your basics. It's not about profitability necessarily right now. It's potentially just what's my, what's the smallest loss I can take. Mm -hmm. So if I, we can generate and say, okay, one night you're going to do enough business because you're going to be the feature restaurant that night and people are going to join you for dinner and you're going to work with Uber Eats and get that food delivered. Now, all of a sudden you're making your margin for the month. Yeah. Just an idea. Yeah, super, super interesting. So, and in that, I think that we can build um, tribes that we didn't previously have because if I support, I don't know, uh, the juice truck, cause it seems to be a common example. It's just like, all right, during this time I'm going out and I'm making sure I'm supporting small businesses. I then kind of become a part of that company story. I'm part of the reason why that company didn't close. Right. Yeah. Because guess what? Small businesses, margins are slim and there's not a lot, a lot of room for error. And like, especially here, there's a lot of local businesses with these small communities that I think could scale and double and triple down on their on their communities in this time and grow a deeper connection. Because guess what? You know, humans that struggle together have this way of sticking together. It's it's how we've formed camaraderie and brotherhood and all these things through so, so long. What if we triple down on people's values, tap them at their core and really bring them along for this journey and say, hey, listen, like I got you, you got me and build that level of camaraderie. What an opportunity as a business. I, I agree. Um, let's take that. I'm going to give you an idea that I'm working on with somebody we both know. There is a lot of personal trainers in the city. Right. There's a lot of gym owners that all of a sudden doors closed. What happens if there's a platform like, like Peloton is awesome, right? But the problem with Peloton is a, it's one directional with the relationship. It's me talking, you following. I never know you. You never know me. Right. The second part of that is it's isolated to that one company and those people that are there. How is that helping local? If anything, it's catabolizing any potential for local businesses to make any money because it's technically all just going to Peloton. Mm. So what happens if we made city-based versions of Peloton? Mm. So we do a generalized workout, kind of CrossFit style, where each day it's one workout. But the opportunity is there for people to subscribe to this company. And in exchange, three, four, five times a day, different personal trainers from around the city stream the workout that's prescribed mm. to an audience. So what happens is, is collaboration. We're bringing all the audiences together. We're not all fighting for a piece of it. If 10,000 people in Vancouver spent $10 a month to just go online and be able to work out every day with that collaborative group. And we were able to split that amongst the people who were training. You'd still be making your 50 or 60 bucks an hour to yeah. work one hour a day. Economies of scale. Exactly. So I'm working on this with a, with a client of mine. 
to try and build out this platform because the truth is, is it doesn't make sense for each trainer to A, give away their content for free right now. Right. And, and B, to try and charge the premiums they were before when it's just a digitized service. And then C, try and scale it when they maybe don't have the social, social, social with, like, with all to do it mm-hmm. or the audience to do it. So what happens mm-hmm. if we built a platform to micro Pelotons? The other right. benefit to that is it keeps it community centric. Mm. And that's the key right now is keeping everything community centric because we'll lose our community if we don't. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be far more when we're at home, you've been locked at home by yourself for a while. Yes, sir. David Allison spoke about this from value graphics. We have two major values, family and belonging. So belonging is number two. Peloton doesn't make me feel like I'm part of a community. It makes me feel like I'm paying to be a part of a community to get my exercise, but I'm not a part of it. I want to see a familiar face and I want to hear how they're doing. And I want them to teach me a workout and I want them to introduce me into friends that I may not physically be able to teach or talk to, but I will be able to engage with them on the same platform because it's a familiar face that when this is all over, I'll be back with them in real, in real life. Beautiful. So let's pivot a little bit. I want to talk about consumer behavior um, in this because now everything has changed. Again, our screen time is going to go way up. We're probably going to form some not so great habits from this. Um, and uh, and the, the types of content that we're consuming is going to be a little, little bit different. Is, and as much as I want to every I want to read or listen to um, an update from every uh, business I've ever gone to or newsletter I've ever subscribed to on how this newsletter is dealing with COVID-19, I don't. Um, I understand it, uh, but on a broad level, but I don't need that type of content coming through constantly, but that's all the content I'm getting. So from a consumer standpoint, how do we now service consumers, service the person that's um, trapped in their home from a creative standpoint, from a business standpoint, or just in general, what do, how do we enhance that person's situation who's at home with a phone and a laptop and some food and that's it? <laughs> so... Um, there's two parts to that question. The first one is, I think the question should be, do you think that habits will change going forward? Sure. If I told you right now, today, COVID was cured, we're all good. You could leave and get outside. When do you think you'll be on your phone next? Right. I think, I think because we're stuck, sometimes when we have to do something so much, we, the second we don't have to, we, we don't do it. Like it's, it's like we're, we're isolated to one option right now. But the moment I say go and you're free, you're going to go. Yeah. There's a couple of things to think about. One, we're using more of the internet and more social media and more TV and time than ever before in history. Second of all, at the same time, the air outside is the cleanest air we'll ever have in our lifetime. There's less planes, less automotive and less pollution at this point in time in history of our lives than at any other point. So... It's kind of an interesting thing. No one said you can't go outside and go for a walk as of right now. Yes, in LA, it's different. Yes, in Italy, it's different. But you can open the door to your apartment and sit there and, and disconnect and know that you're breathing in the freshest air you'll have in your lifetime. Interesting. Um, interesting. So from a habits perspective, do I think habits will change long term? It'll be interesting. I think we're going to rely more on storytelling because I think we're going to get so sick of advertisements right now that unless those advertisements truly tell us something we give a shit about or help us honestly escape from what's happening, it's not going to resonate. If you show me a car driving down a road to go to a dinner party because you spent a million dollars on that ad beforehand, trust me, I don't care about your car because you're telling me something I can't connect with. Mm. But if you show me stories of people going on adventures with your car and how they're choosing to socially isolate and quarantine and, and you're connecting, your car might have an impact. 
Hmm. So habitually, I think companies will change in the way that they advertise to us will really heavily weight on storytelling. Interesting. Can you speak a little bit to the type of content that, if, so we, we talked a little bit about creatives, the creative community tapping into, you know, potential business. Let's flip the script now and let's talk about small business, mid-sized business, or even large businesses that, again, their production house has closed down. They've actually gone in Q4 last year, Q1, and they've spent a million dollars here, $500,000 there on this advertising that was supposed to roll out right now. Now, they know the ROI of that is going to be absolutely nothing or very little. So how do I pivot? Number one, how do I pivot? And number two, where do I find these creatives? Where do I find the people that are, are going down and, and doing 10 cents on the dollar or trying to buy equity in my company through the content they're creating, et cetera, et cetera? I think it needs to, there's two parts to that again. I think the part one is it needs to be changed from 10 cents on the dollar to what's called the perceivable and attainable value right now. I don't think right. 10 cents on the dollar is the right way to word it because everyone's 10 cents on the dollar. If, I, if you were $1,000 an hour before and I offered you 10 right now, you'd probably take it. That doesn't mean that you're 10 cents on the dollar. It means that you're taking what's attainable. So I would say right. it's a called attainable value based on the circumstance or circumstantial value. Um, how to find a creative, it's not hard. I mean, every creative, if they're smart, is on social media. <laughs> um, yeah. Post about it. Just say, honestly, the thing is, is we're six degrees of separation before. Guess what we are now? Like yeah. three. We're zero percent of 60. We're zero. We're, we're one planet. We're sharing one issue globally. Yeah. So let's look at it from this way. If you need a creative, just post and say, this is what I need. Or this is my problem. Now, don't say, this is my problem. My business is going under. I need help. But say, my customers got to me this way before. Do you guys think there's a different way that customers could come to me? We're, we're going we're gonna to find the cure to this virus based off of scientists around the world working together. The same thing is going to come with businesses and solutions to businesses is going to come from collaboration and people working together. It's mm -hmm. not going to be any one person that saves your business. It's going to be great minds that are able to work together are going to think together to find a solution. Mm -hmm. um, it's why podcasts like these are great is because you bring two people together to talk hypothetical based off experience and how they're approaching things. And somebody else can hear from that and go, well, that makes sense. Let's try something. I love it. I love it. So as we wrap up here, last question for you would be, if you could send a push notification to every small business and every creative in this time that is facing these similar structures and uh, sim similar struggles, and you just had a push note notification come down on their phone saying, hey, Mark Milburn here, do X, Y, Z, think about X, Y, Z. What's the one message you would push through to those people? I think it can be a slightly longer message. Right? It can be a slightly longer <laughs> message. <laughs> I would say, hello, business owner. There's three things I need you to do. The first thing is I need you to look back at your business history and figure out how were you connecting with consumers digitally and offline. Step two is to analyze whether you feel like you set yourself up for today from a digital perspective. And step three is based on your business, if you were stuck like you are now for the next two years, what would you need in your mind to change or to adapt in order to get ahead and post it publicly? If you turn around, you go, hey, I have a business and I need to be online and I'm not. Guess what? Somebody can probably help you do that and it doesn't take much time or effort. And yeah. just split the ROI on the back end. Yeah. You're seeing businesses completely change what they do. Car automotive companies are going to start making respirators. Like 
Those two things are very different, which means that every business is going to adapt completely to what they can or can't do. And the cool thing is if you vocalize it, you'll, you'll be heard today. There's a lot of people struggling, true, but people are looking for opportunities to, to look past this and, um, and to grow on it. And I think that's, what's key. So that would be my, that would be my message. I love it, man. Mark, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. We'll keep this one short. Uh, we could go forever, but I think uh, I'm really excited seeing how peeled, how you yourself grow from this and how this actually plays out. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to look back on this conversation in three months, six months, in a year, and, uh, and we can evaluate how things went. So thank you for your time and your expertise, my man. I appreciate it, man. And just remember, there's the things you know, there's the things you don't know, and there's the things you don't know you don't know. Yes, sir. Go back to episode 20 and check that one out. Absolutely. Gems that stand the test of time. Exactly. Thanks for your time, Mark. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Mark, thank you for the insight. The quick little episode here. Thank you for joining us over Zoom. Uh, Thank you to Self-Hire for producing this from afar. Having these Zoom capabilities and being able to properly produce this the way that they do is is incredible. So, uh, and, And for you guys, there's no better time than now as we're stuck in the confines of our home. Uh, to go back and check out some of the previous podcasts we've done. And and I, I say that to stress, use this time to educate yourself. Use this time to double down on what you want to know or what you haven't had time to know. Please don't waste this time consuming meaningless content. Please go in and dig into the podcast, dig into the audio books and if you're interested in ThinkSpace and everything that we've done, we have, you know, over 60 episodes of back catalog. So make sure you go back and check some of those out. Mark, thank you. Creatives, there's hope. And uh, until next time, I'll see you guys next week.